Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max EC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Burns Garage. Burns Garage are a local car dealership specialising in Ford cars. They also provide servicing and clients, including the chairman himself. Their team of experienced staff have a wealth of knowledge and would be delighted to help you find the right car. They also very kindly donate £50 to the club for every car purchased by a member of Macclesfield Cricket Club. So if you are looking for a new car and want the satisfaction of excellent customer service, look no further. They are currently running a promotion for air conditioning and vehicle interior disinfection at a discounted rate of £25 for Macclesfield Cricket Club members. Give Robert a ring on 07850 to find out more. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guests. Once upon a time, these four gentlemen called each other housemates, having lived together at an establishment on Beach Lane in Macclesfield, otherwise known as the House of Cricket. Songs were sang, food was eaten, beer was drunk, and tales were told. And today, we hope to relive some, but definitely not all, of the experiences shared by these four men on today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Khalid Sowers, Dave Bostock, Nick Burtis, and Mr Macclesfield himself, Frankie Barker. Chaps, how are you all? Oi, oi. <laughs> good, Milo, how are you? Very good, thank you. Can I make a slight, a slight correction, please, Miles? There's actually three men and one boy on this podcast. I, uh, Dave, <laughs> I do apologise. Nice to, uh, to hear you chuntering away in the background there, but uh, as you said last time, Bert, um, you were expecting a, a little bit of a spray. You didn't get it. Your podcast was all about cr- cricket. Today, it, cricket is not going to be the same today, I'm afraid. Now, for three of you, um, it's your second appearance on the podcast. However, there is a debutant on today's show lurking in the background. <laughs> Virgin. Mr. Francis Barker. Now, this could be a very, very dangerous thing to do, given your love of self-promotion, Frankie. But could you please introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Uh, thank you very much for that introduction, Miles. Uh, my name is Frankie Barker. I am uh, the current club captain of Macclesfield <laughs> Rugby Club. Stop laughing. And um, an honourable third team player and patron of Macclesfield Cricket Club. Um, third team social player. Um, and in my spare time, I like to do a bit of marketing here and there. Thanks for having us on the show. You are very welcome. <laughs> why is he putting on like a? Why is he putting on a deep voice? Like, oh, I have no idea. I'm a, fa- a fellow broadcaster. It's not a job interview, Frank. I, I've no idea what he's doing, but let, let's just roll with it. Um, now, I anticipate this podcast to be loosely related to cricket at the, at the very best. But to uh, to get at least some cricket content in there for the Badgers out there. Well, I say Badgers. I mean, this is Frank we're talking about. Uh, Frank, please tell us about your cricketing pedigree and history with the fine sport. Oh, Wow. You actually want to know? So um, I'm just on play cricket now. Actually, um, how how does how does it work? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right, you know what? Um, we don't have time to sit here and for you to load up play cricket. Um, <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave Bostock. Um, as a man who has suffered as much as I have having to play cricket with Frankie, would you please tell us about cr- Frankie's cricketing pedigree? Um, well, Frankie, uh, for those of you who don't know him, he's a big boy. Uh, he's got big old shoulders, big old levers. I think the first couple of games I played with him, I think he did score a lot of good runs, but it was the, it was the most horrible cricket you'll ever see. It was just basically someone bowling and him sort of missing the ball completely, but because he had a good swing at it, it, it tended to go. And then the worst thing that could have happened to him was he started taking it a bit seriously. He started getting a bit of coaching from his uh, from his his housemates. Uh, started thinking that he was a bit of a big boy, and then uh, he got rubbish very quickly when he started trying to adopt a bit of a technique. 
Well, I, I, I want to bring in um, very quickly before we get onto the main body of the co- podcast, I, I do want to bring in uh, the two other housemates here very briefly. Cal, I believe you might like to tell us uh, about the time you came to watch Frankie uh, bat. I believe it was for the fourth team. Um, do, you, do you remember anything about that day? Was it Bram all the way by any chance in the T20? Miles, I've seen Frankie bat. <laughs> I've seen Frankie about a few times, <laughs> and it's, it's it's never been pretty. It's never been pretty at all. And I do remember one uh, one Sunday, me me Bert and Dave and Dom going down to Presbury to uh, Frankie had been hassling us all week. You've got to come to Presbury on Sunday to to watch me play for uh, Mac Force against the Astro. You've got to come down. We turn up. He's been pestering us all morning. We rock up. He walks out to bat. Walks past us and goes, ah, watch this, guys. And gets out, bowled to a man almost on death's door. I think on his first or second ball. <laughs> and he walked back so sheepishly. He was an established author. He, he's a cricketing author. He's, he's been around <laughs> the game. He's, he's older than Timo. <laughs> but you also sent me a message um, about Frankie's exploits and, and I believe you had a similar experience to uh, to this where did you go and watch Frankie and he may have got out first ball to um, someone at the, the other end of the spectrum is that right? Yeah well I reckon every time I watch Frank it's a little bit like Cal he never lasted very long um, <laughs> but I was there the night where he signed his illustrious sponsorship with TP Cricket um, Good plug which I think still still running. Uh, incorrect. False false news. Thanks, Bert. All right. Well, I only hear it from Frank. But yeah, no, I went to a game on a Sunday as well, which we were forced to go watch. Um, and quite a crowd had turned out, I think. And it was on the, not the main field at Mafia, the field next to it. Um, and I just remember a little kid who would have been, you know, maybe 12, maybe 11. <laughs> best and I couldn't believe that Frankie was playing in the same game as a kid that age and that size um, and then Frank had a real weakness with the ball sort of just directly straight on his stumps he, he was trying to whip and you know he just couldn't present the full face of the TP of his TP bat and um, I think he was bowled first ball by a, an 11 year old kid maybe tricky doozer Look, Frank, <laughs> I, 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 Frankie, I feel like you've got a little bit of a spray there. Is, is there anything briefly, and I use the word briefly, that you want to, you want to sort of uh, counter in, in any of those statements? Well, it all started back in 1998 with, um, it's actually my, my current sponsor now, TP Cricket. Um, it was back <laughs> against Kings Chester under 10s, where uh, actually Tom Parfit, uh, fair play to him was always a, like a, a dab hand a well-rounded sportsman he managed to put on uh he got a, a 50 when he was like nine years old um but the thing is there was no one at the other end who was able to hold their wicket so it looked as if we were running out of of uh, batting partners for the tp um but it wasn't until a young a young frank barker stepped up to the crease one shot in his arsenal just the i was taught by jeff shaw at the king school um and we we put on a partnership of 55 that day um, and I was at the crease for two hours with a grand total of five. So that was the, uh, the foundations of a solid cricket career. I did, uh, I did drift away just, for a few just years. Just a quick question, Frank. Go on. Uh, how, how did you know how to play a defence and be able to defend your wicket for two hours when you were 10, but forget to do that when you're 30? <laughs> I'm, getting on, I'm getting on to it. I think, chaps, I think, chaps, we're going to have to take that as a rhetorical question. Otherwise, this podcast is going to be... 50, 50 years long. Hang on, hang on. I've, I've sat here and li- listened to him slag me for the last five minutes. I, I can at least say something. <laughs> so, I, I had that foundation in, in my cricketing arsenal. And then, and then I drifted away from the game for about 20 years. But when I came back, I, in fact, this was on a Facebook post just recently. TP Cricket had tagged me in it. it was, um, my average at the time was about 36 for my first couple of games. Not bad. Um, and the most heavily sponsored third-team player in the um, East Cheshire Cricket Leagues. Um, <laughs> but then, as soon as, like, Cal and, and Bert, I was obviously privileged to live with a cu- couple of, and, and you, Dave, um, <laughs> a, a couple of um, skilled batsmen. But it was, um, as soon as they took me down the nets and started trying to coach me, coach cut shots, coach sort of a bit of forward playing in the V, etc., um, it all went to pot, and I, couldn't, I could not, for the life of me, get any runs. 
I'm playing across the line. I'm, you know, I'm not showing him the sponsor's name. Because you wouldn't listen to us. It sounds like you listen to Bozer, not us, because that's how he played. Well, no, that's, I mean, I listen to Boz in the first, the first couple of games and I get some runs, but as soon as I start listening to you blokes, it all goes down the toilet. That's absolutely right, that is, Frank. You know what? You're, you're bang on, and I'm glad that you've taken 20 minutes to say that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly onwards, um, we need to paint the picture about the house of cricket for the listeners. Bozzy, please give us your opening remarks and, and set the scene for what was the house of cricket. Oh, Miles. Well, I, what I'd like here when, I, when I'm describing this, uh, I'd like you to put a bit of background music during your editing as well. That would be really good. Because um, basically, there is a house in Macclesfield. They call the Beach Lane Gaff. It's been the ruin of many a poor boy. And God should know I was one. That's a pretty good description there. A little bit of paraphrasing from the animals. Um, so, no, I mean, it was, and that's where I want you to put the music on, you know, like bang, let's do it. Let's make it a bit emotional. Let's get the, let's get the listeners crying a bit, you know, let's get it going. But no, I mean, the Beach Lane house, three stories, a house above, above DPC. Obviously it's got a dungeon in there as well, um, which I think is uh, where Frankie lives now. Um, but yeah, 30 seconds from Margaret's Chinese. Remember that, don't you, Bert? Yep. Love Margaret. God, Margaret, what a babe. 40 seconds from uh, double DD on the corner, bacon bats in the morning. One minute from the British flag. Five minutes into town, 15 minutes to the cricket club, stroke hospital, which is pretty uh, pretty helpful as well. Um, but yeah, no, there was there was three big, big bedrooms um, for the Bulls. Um, and then the calf had his little, his little veal pen uh, next to the <laughs> toilet where we, where we, where we kind of locked him and Dom in at night. So they didn't they didn't get out or and the fox didn't get him. So yeah, that was uh, that was Beach Lane. I think that's pretty fair, isn't it? And then, oh, and a, and a lovely a lovely outside area, um, which um, has a beautiful view of Shutlands Low, and also um, the twin towers of Herdsfield. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, thank you for that, Dave. Cal, as uh, as a joint owner of the property, uh, little known um, for some. I will I will correct my my statement here that uh, Frankie Barker and Khaled Sawas do own this property. So as a joint as a joint owner of the property, Cal, what were and are the challenges of being in uh, business with Frankie Barker? I mean to be honest, it's it's all pretty good. Like Frankie has that thing where he uh, he is always right. So um, whenever you get into a discussion about anything, Jesus. Um, you always you always have to follow his opinion. Um, so that was the only <laughs> that was the only quite challenging thing. But the rest of it, that is one of my best mates. Like great person to live with. You know, we bought a house together. We 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 uh, bought one of our mates, Dave, in, who, who I've known since I was three, and we we all just we got on like best of mates until our until our little pup turned up, and then. Uh, then everything changed a little bit. We, we we turned into parents. We had to we had to school him. <laughs> we had to teach him how to clean, how to be cook, how to wash his clothes. Um, it was it was a learning experience for all three of us. Okay, uh, Frankie, I I feel that the the, the right and uh, correct thing to do is immediately allow you to uh, counter counter that re- that that claim from Cal. Any comments? Been a fantastic place to to spend much of the last five years. Um, we've had some great great people come and go through these doors. If these walls could talk, um, I'm currently sat here in the. Uh, it's it's no longer a dungeon. It's more of a. It's my office. But um, I just say, like Cal, you you've got to demonstrate great leadership. Whether you're in a team, a fa- you know, a family, or or a house like the Beach Lane House, and it's more like my leadership enabled you to just swan off every every summer. And uh, and come back and you still have a house by the end of it. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> How's that leadership? Oh, just yeah, boss. It's all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like what? Gas and <laughs> plumbing. And... Which 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 I which I organised everything for. <laughs> I had to log in as Cal, and and the house is falling over now. So <laughs> who knows if the house is even going to be standing in in the next three months? Right. Okay. Now we've we've heard we've heard the comments from the uh, the the original members, um, Bert. I, I've got to bring you in here. 
several Aussies over the years have, have lived at the Beach House. What were your, your memories of, of arriving and, and meeting the rest of the guys? Well, I actually lived in another place before, so I knew all the guys before I got in there. I don't really, I'm not too sure about Cal's comment. Um, <clears throat> I would like to say I was the glue of the house. So, you know, when Frank and Cal were having their their issues, you know, most weeks, or Bozzer and Cal were having, you know, their issues, I was just the glue behind the scenes that was um, you know, keeping things together, especially during the long days when they were at work. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, someone had to hold the fort while, you know, it was Monday to Friday. Like, they probably underestimate that part of my journey in, in the Beach Lane household. That's a really good uh, segue there, actually. Um, in Dave's pos- uh, podcast, um, he he uh he sort of mentioned about you being the boy and uh, in your podcast i i brought up a particular story about bex blue and and obviously you, you regaled us with how it was friday and you were dave's whipping boy and you had to go out and do all these chores for him and he was bullying you and you had one you know this this one really important job and he was giving you stick because you couldn't get it right um and that was all great but everyone enjoyed it but it's only fair that we now give Bozzy the opportunity to give his side of the infamous Bex Blue story. Yeah, so, Dave, please, please set the record straight. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Bert underplayed on his podcast the, the, the sheer stupidity of, <laughs> of what he'd done. And, yeah, I I, I was busy working. I'd been up since six o'clock. I'd, I'd, I'd closed a few big major deals. We don't need to talk about that <laughs> right now. But... Bert gets out of bed, and I'm, I'm not joking. Bert didn't brush his teeth for three months. Honestly, he stank. He he sort of crawled out of his he crawled out of his little pit, and he's like, "Oh, bozzer, bozzer, will you make me breakfast?" And oh, I'm, I'm the overseas. You should be looking after me. So I'm like, "Okay, yeah." And okay, Pamela, I'm going to have to call you back because um the the Aussie's got up and he needs feeding, and so you know, obviously, I'm running around and making him an omelette, you know, trying to get his protein in and all this, and. I was like, I need to get, I need to get Bert out. I need to get him, you know, out there in the, you know, doing something a little bit. So I, oh, Bert, you know, we'll have a barbecue tonight. Of course, I'll do the cooking because, you know, you're the guest and you're the big pro and all this. Um, but would you mind nipping down to Tesco and just getting a few beers? Just get, get a few beers, a- anything really with alcohol in, lol. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, go on then, I'll do it. So he gets in his his little uh, sexy wagon car, the Chromobile, and off he pops. And, comes back confident he just he came in with a smug look like yeah got a got a river of a deal on these beers bloody hell you're gonna, we're gonna smash i just looked at him straight away back's blue i was like you stupid idiot and he didn't have a clue what he'd done and then he just stood there like like you know like a, a dog that jumps up and you give him a tap on the nose and they sort of look at you with them big blue eyes and just like Oh, I'm so sorry. What, 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 am I, what, what am I supposed to do? Go back down there and swap them, you stupid idiot. Bozzy, thank you. Thank you for, for setting the record straight. I, I mean, I know I did say that you are a man that likes to elaborate, but I feel like you've given us a, a better side of the story yeah, there. He did stink in the morning. Now, Bert, again, Bozzy's, Bozzy's led me on very nicely to the next uh, question and, and, and statement, if you like. Um, I mean, it's becoming quite clear from, from previous podcasts and, and today that you clearly weren't the most domesticated of blokes. You said it yourself. Um, do, you, do, you, do you care to elaborate on this? Now we're, we're getting to the nitty gritty here, Bert. Um, <clears throat> no, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say they're right, to be fair. Um, I, I think I, I think I, I held my own in some regards. Um, probably especially my second year back. Yeah, when Dom was there. But brushing the t- my teeth thing is just ridiculous. You know, that's where we congregated was in the bathroom. It was uh, an open door policy. So okay, well, the other thing that I must push you on, uh, just to add uh, add a bit of weight to some of their their claims, could you please tell everybody about the first time you washed your bed sheets? Um, what do you mean? Frankie, I'm going to hand this over to you because but Bert is an absolute liability of a bloke. Bert, Bert's personal hygiene. It's going to be a lie. Like we say, you know, he entered He entered a boy. I mean, sorry, he entered the house of boy. He didn't enter any boys. He was, um, <laughs> he, he was a smelly, um, unhygienic kid who he'd come in from training and I don't think he'd even have a shower. He'd just go straight to bed. <laughs> Um, which 
we put him in the little box room, which is where we put all the LCs. It's um, it's like lower, low, you know, bottom of the food chain. But anyway, this this room gets stinking by the end of by well, so by midsummer certainly. But we've asked him. We sort of go in there, and every time we go in there, there's this horrible stench coming out of there. We're thinking, has Bert, has Bert even washed his, you know, washed his sheets yet? And he's like, well, no. <laughs> so we we're like, well, just put put your sheets, strip your bed, and put put your sheets in the wash, and then you can hang them out outside, um, or use a tumble dryer. What's that? You didn't know. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, having sort of lambasted him and, and sort of shamed him into washing his sheets, <laughs> he's um he's gone and he's actually grabbed his whole duvet with the sheet on top, and he starts sort of like <laughs> fisting this, it this into the washing happen. machine, getting his leg behind it, stuffing it in, like thinking it's not oh this is not fitting, and we're like, what are you doing? It's Bex blue all over again. So we've got to show him that you don't wash the duvet; you actually you take the sheet off and you've got to put the sheet in. Um, I think you've got me mixed up with another one. And then, I can't hear you. And then he's, um, yeah, so we've got to teach him how to use a tumble dryer, how to wash his sheets, how to wash wash his clothes properly. Um, and then suddenly the, the, the smell actually subsides for a, for a week or two. And I think the penny dropped to that. But I would like to offer you the opportunity to, um, to, to counter that, but I'm not going to because, frankly, it sounds 100% accurate to me. Um, moving swiftly onwards, um, there was some talk of, of, of Bert's car um being the uh, the ice cream passion wagon that it was um but i i have been reminded that that um there there is quite a bit of uh, sort of joy and merriment attached to your car frank and i'd just like to offer cal the opportunity to um just sort of tell us why it is reliable low road tax um easy to insure <laughs> thanks cal um, i was i was gonna let frankie run with that uh, run with that one then to just see what he came up with but nothing interesting so yeah so frankie frankie wanted a new car and uh one of mine in uh, dave's best mates called jake he, uh, jake rhodes owns his own uh car garage george rhodes and sons if anyone ever needs a car hey listen i do the plugs not you carry on <laughs> club, club sponsor uh and yeah frankie's hard like, i need a new card like i don't know what to get blah blah blah, blah. um i ring jacob put jacob on to frank yeah frank come down whenever you want mate i'll sort you out um so he, he disappears off disappears off one day and comes back with the smallest car i've ever seen like bear in mind he's six foot four six foot five 16 stone rugby player he's always driving other rugby players around and he he buys a car that like he can't actually sit in without his, without his head hitting the roof. And then, and then he's obviously driving Billy and Mossy around. And the three of them in the car, it doesn't even move. The engine's not big enough to pull them around. <laughs> Just perfect for him and Jen, though. Just perfect. Perfect. I sold him that car. You know that. No, I didn't even he know did. that. He did. <laughs> well, well, there we go. Just, just for laughs. Yeah. I thought Frank, he's not even Frank stupid enough to buy this fucking ugly thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank, you'll look really good in this. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually, I would. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> Very good. Um, lads, I, uh, I just want to, I want to move on to um, another, another thing I sort of, I dug up a bit of a recurring theme in, um, in 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 the research and a few things that you'd sent me privately um and and this is just taking it back to our, our good friend Khaled Sawas here during my research Cal I, I did get the sense that that you may have had somewhat a reputation as as someone that kind of fa- failed to to fully commit to things um why why would you say this is the case in your in your opinion to be honest I I have absolutely no idea like, <laughs> I no of course he fully, does I committed fully to everything I remember I remember when, when I first, I was playing away at Hyde at the time, when I first played against Mac at home, the, the season after I'd left, like super looking forward, uh, looking forward to it, playing against Bert, playing back at Mac, and, and Dave calls, it's my birthday, we have to go out on the Friday night, which I was very much against. But I still went out with him and fully committed to the night and scored no runs the next day. That's my commitment. That's my commitment to the cause. I, I, I appreciate it. I gave you the opportunity to uh, to put your side across. Um, as you mentioned, Dave, 
I think it's it's possibly fair to to bring him in. Um, Dave, I don't want you to get to the to the grievance that you have, and I, I'm pretty sure you'll know what this is. So so don't, let's not use that just yet. But um, I do think um, you've got a story to tell about a very kind offer of hospitality tickets versus Australia that you you know you kindly offered Khaled with regards to his non-commitment. The most standard Khaled story you will ever hear. And I'll cut a long story short here. But basically, yeah, through work, um, we've got some fantastic hospitality tickets at uh, Headingley, England, Australia. Um, right, I mean, Bert, those seats, amazing. Right amazing. by the bowler's arm. One of the best days. Um, and I was like, right, well, I need to, I, you know, I've got, I can take a couple of pals here. So straight away, thinking, well, Bert's got to come, um, and uh, I'd love, uh, I'd love Frank to come, but obviously, uh, he was working in uh, in major scientific marketing, which you know, if he didn't go to work, then we probably wouldn't wake up in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, right, okay, I'll ask, I'll ask Cal. So I was like, oh, Cal, I've got, I've got a couple of tickets uh, over in Leeds um, for the for the one day. I've got a hotel room, all this. He's like. All oh, right, okay. I'll, I'll let you know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can get it off work. So like, right, okay, cool. No worries, Cal. So the time ticks on. Bert's getting excited, and I've got to put the names forward for the for the box, and uh, still getting nothing from Cal. No commitment at all. So like, oh, I'm not sure. So I was like, right, okay. Well, I'm gonna. I said to him, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Ports. And he's like, right, okay. Ask Ports, straight away Ports. Yes, definitely. Bang up for that. I'll drive. I'll drive, you know, get you there. I'll be, oh, that'll be so good. That'll be awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Count me in. Like, right, brilliant. So I said, Cal, don't worry about it. Port says he's coming. Oh, no, no, I want to come now. <laughs> what? No, no, no. I, 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 I've spoke to work and I, I think I can get it. I can get it off. That's, that's fine. I was like, mate, I am staying out of this. I've already asked Ports uh, and he's already accepted. I'll leave it to you. So he just basically, I think he spent about two hours bullying. I mean, I don't know if the people who don't know Rob Port, he is a frail, frail old man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like kicking your granddad. And basically, Khaled bullied him for about two hours until he gave up these ticket, his ticket to, um, I mean, he didn't go out of Stoke very often either. So, you know, this is like a real big day out for him. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah he managed to persuade in only in only Khalid Sawas way to do uh managed to persuade Ports to give up his ticket for no apparent reason and uh and yeah to be fair Cal did come and we did get on the banjo a lot better than we would have done if Ports had come and we had a cracking day and night but one of the best days Bert yeah top top three days top three boss. days top three I'd say so yeah, I'm 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 denying that. I'm denying that because me and Ports compared notes afterwards, and David David sent us the message at the same time. He hadn't asked me, and then asked Ports. He sent him the message at the same time, and then I think Ports replied to it straight away, and I replied to it the next day. So um, Bozzy's Bozzy's making up lies. Even if that is the case, which I'm not quite sure it is, but even if that is the case, surely it still uh, emphasises the point that your uh, your lack of commitment. ASAP. What? I, I had to I had to wait to go to work the next day to ask if I could have the day off, whereas Ports doesn't ever go to work. He, Ports doesn't work. Ports just sits at home watching TV all day and gets paid for it. No, he's it's called retirement, Cal. Wait till you get to <laughs> and, uh, and this, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can say is why there are always two sides to every story. Um, this, this takes us uh, on nicely to, you know, discussing days out. Um, and I'm sure there were some nights outs as well, which we, we might get onto. But I believe there was a very big day out at Alton Towers. Oh, the best day. Yes, best day ever. I'm going to open up the floor. And I think Bert, as, as a man who's found his voice, dare I say it, um, you can tell us about Alton Towers. Yes, Alton Towers was my number one day in my two years at Mac. Um, it started, it was a glorious morning. Um, again, Cal had a lot of indecision about coming and going or whatever he was going to do. <laughs> so we had true. The, the same conversation the night before as for the cricket. And, you know, we, we, we thought it might not even happen this day. You know, it was getting to that point. Um, Jakey Rose was on the list as well. He pulled out. Um, so I ended up being, you know, we managed to drag Cal there. 
to be fair. How did we get there? Um, no, I think you drove, to be fair. You were, yeah, yes, yeah, correct. That was might, might have been part Point of the deal. Was, Move on. Might have been part of the deal to let you come. Um, and basically, we, 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 got in, we got into this place and it was like Disney World. It was, um, it was incredible. There was no, no lines at all because no one was there. And yeah, we, we basically had a theme park to ourselves, didn't we? Yeah, thrill seekers. Thrill seekers. Thrill seekers? How, how, how was it for you, Frank? I was too busy um, trying to save the world from coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> in 2015, or, or was it 2016? It was actually the first coronavirus but back in 2011. So, I think, yeah. basically, I think what happened is uh, Dave organised it all and forgot to ask Frankie. It's pretty bad, that, really. Yeah, that's pretty bad, considering you, you just flip-flop on him anyway and he still didn't manage to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we did ask Frank, but he, he as I say, marketing science. If that doesn't happen, then nothing happens. Bozo, what was that pub we ended up at? Talbot. 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 Ended up at the Talbot. A few banjos near Bostock's Farm. Happy days. Very good. Well, that that leads us nicely onto uh, a bit a bit of chat about a few nights out, and I've, I've no doubt there were one or two. There's a couple I just thought I'd, I'd pull up. Um, Bert, you, you mentioned how much you, you wanted Jim Melrose on the podcast. Yeah, big man. His agent still isn't returning my calls, so I thought you might like to try and provoke him into an appearance by telling us about the time you and Bozzy visited his house. No, it was a Saturday. Cricket got called off on the Friday night, I reckon, because it rained so much. Spent the morning with the, with the Moorses, Mitch and Curly, which was always a treat. Um, Cal, was, Cal and Frank would have still been in bed, you know, knowing them. Um, so me and Bozzer wanted to seize seize the day, um, and it was a big big rugby day. So Frank was obviously you know mentally preparing for that. Um, he was playing at home, which was you know a real treat. Um, so we thought you know why not make this day even better and get the big man out. Um, and Bozzer made the the big call to to not even bother calling him. We're like you know we know how this is going to go if we call him. Yeah, he's going to give us the run around with all the excuses and how he hates rugby and it's too cold or. You know, he's got to do housework or, you know, whatever he's got to do or the parking situation wouldn't be great. Um, <clears throat> so we're like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to turn up. And I was a bit nervous because you didn't want to rattle Jim's feathers, especially so early in the season. It was, um, you know, it could have gone either way um, with the big man. Uh, so we basically turned up and, we were, you know, parked around the corner so he couldn't see us. Um, and this, at this stage, Jim didn't have any kids. Um, and I think we knew Gemma was at work, so we planned it quite well. Uh, we've gone, you know, took taken on the back gate, which at the time had no lock either, um, which we're pretty surprised about. Bosses undone the the gate, gone through to the back door, giggling like little schoolgirls, got round to the the back door, and probably instead of knocking quite nicely, um, Bozzer absolutely smashed the back door for about two minutes until Jim came down. Um, I've always been good at that, but you were also smashing the back doors out of Jim Melrose's house as well. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit more sheepish than you, to be fair. Um, the big man came down in a huff and puff, thinking someone was breaking in. Can, can I just can I interject slightly here, just just quickly? Can I just say the most the most again we've spoken about like cow things to do. The most Jim Melrose thing imaginable will happen. We were knocking on the door like hooligans. Jim Melrose comes out and he's <laughs> he's he's putting a picture in a frame. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I'm trying to put a picture in the frame. <laughs> He made us go around the front. The front. He would never let us in. Yeah, he frog marched <laughs> us around to the front. He did come. He did come to the rugby, though. Yeah, we got into the rugby. Frank played the greatest game of his career, I would have thought. Um, apart from one horrendous kick that he tried that led to a try to the other team. But yeah, I reckon. I reckon that was a top five day as well. And that's the last time we saw Jim Melrose. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know if, if, if there is anything else that we can possibly do to, um, to incite or indeed entice Jim Melrose onto the podcast, but if, if there's nothing else um, that can be done, at least we had a good crack at it, chaps. Frank, I, I mean, this, this is opening myself up for so much of a headache. Um, 
you, you, Nick, uh, Nick did just mention there that you, you obviously uh, yeah. ply your trade for Macclesfield's uh, rugby club. Do, do you want to do you want to tell us about your uh, your rugby your rugby uh, career and your God's sake, Miles? It's, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good run. Um, That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Won a few titles, few cups here and there, but um, I've I've contributed more off the field more than anything um recently so i'd love to play again and do you do you remember this um this this ill-advised kick that led to a try on this big day i think the boys are being a bit harsh there is a um <laughs> well, what was it oh no that was it i used to i used to get in this habit of hanging back off kickoffs and it was it was kicked to me i was on about the 10 meter line you're still in that habit frank sorry pin i managed to pin them back in their own 22 on the five meter line Five and five. And, they uh, scored off the kick. Well, they, they scored off the kick because our fullback missed the tackle. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll spare his blushes, Dan Lomax, but he, um, he, he, he basically missed the tackle. Or no, it wasn't. Oh, bollocks, it wasn't Dan, Dan Lomax. It's always someone else's fault, Frank, isn't it? It's always someone else's fault. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so he, he basically tackled him like a turnstile, let him through, and the boys managed to trace that back to my kick somehow. Before we before we turn this uh, podcast into a rugby podcast, which I know you're itching to do, Frank, I did I did think it would it would be a good opportunity to um, to air some dirty laundry. Don't worry, we won't get to uh, any of the any of the bad stuff, uh, especially you, Cal. Um, perhaps we can see it as an opportunity to to have a heart to heart and clear up any wrongdoings or you know heinous acts, airing some grievances, if you like. Some of you were kind enough to suggest a few privately, which uh, we might get on to. But um, I think the first thing that I want to do, take it back to a, a, a cricket podcast. Um, there was a grievance that I received from Mr. Nick Burtis with regards to a certain Dave Bostock. Dave, I'm afraid to say Bert is um, not impressed and, and is still not forgiving you for fielding the ball with your foot playing for the first. <laughs> Well, you mean you mean stopping that certain boundary with any with any limb uh, possible? Yeah, sorry, Bert. Sorry about that. The ball is barely moving. Do you accept that, or are you going to still take this as a grievance moving forwards? No, it was just it was just a low point in my cricketing career. Was um, yeah, it was great getting the opportunity to play with with Dave because I'd heard so much about his um, you know his cricketing abilities, but. Yeah, the time I saw him feel the ball with his foot that mid off, and it didn't even get him in the foot. It hit him in like the shin. Yeah, it it wasn't a great moment. And as captain that day as well, as for some reason I was captain, it was quite embarrassing. But did it go for four? They probably ran in the scorebook. Does it say does it say one or does it say four? No, I think they ran two instead of running one. Oh, but I'm really sorry, mate. I know that you've played at a very high level and you've taken in and Well, I come from the uh, the proverbial hood of cricket. And we stop the ball with whatever the hell we want. Okay, so you could have used your hand. Get your, why? Why would I? It was cold. They're in my pocket. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is is why we're airing some of these grievances. It's it's good to get things on our chests. Um, Cal, you um, I know I know this is a big a big bugbear for you with regards to Frankie, but um. For for once, do you want to set the record straight with Frank about him insisting on playing rugby highlight videos of his performances? You know what, Miles? I'm actually glad you brought that up because um, after our little introduction, I, I forgot to mention that. That was that is probably my biggest grievance with Frank, living with Frank. Um, every Sunday, <laughs> every Sunday, he would uh, come in and play. On the TV, where we're, we we watch communal television, film, series, all have a giggle, get a Domino's pizza, settle in. He'd just come in and ruin our day by playing the whole 80 minutes of the game. It wasn't highlights. You're wrong there, Miles. It wasn't highlights. It, it was 80 highlights. minutes. And, and the 15 times Frankie would touch the ball in the whole game, he'd stand there and rewind it back so you could watch him touch the ball for one second again. I'd rewind it back and tell us about how he was positioning and what he was thinking. It was awful. It was awful. Well, um, Frank, I'm, 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 I'm not going to allow you the opportunity to, to counter that statement because, frankly, any, anybody that knows you knows that that is true. However, I do have a quote from you that I'd like to read. Um, this is something that you sent me and, and I thought it was so good that I couldn't possibly waste it. And I quote, 
Having Bert in the house was like having a dog. He'd be sat on the sofa waiting for you to come home. Great fun at the weekends. But you have to clean up after him. <laughs> Aww. Elaborate. Not that we need you to anymore, but please elaborate on that, Frank. We were we were three, you know, work blokes working hard in our twenties, and you know, we'd we'd be we'd be grafting in, in the day. And you work from home most days. The uh, the thing that we wanted to do was, you know, more more than anything would would be to come home and clean all the crap up. And Bert would just sort of like slide off the sofa when he heard the door open. It was almost <laughs> as if he might as well come and put his his chin in your crotch and drool on you. <laughs> he was just so happy that his tail was wagging and, and someone was home and ready to play with him. But, you know, not before watching you stack the dishwasher or clean up clean up his plates or whatever. Nothing, nothing I, I like more than uh, getting a hard day's work and then having to do, do Bert's dishes. <laughs> now, Bert, um, this, is, this is not the only grievance that, that, has, been, that has been mentioned about you. And, and in fact, Bostock uh, kind of hit on it earlier a little bit although it was in passing i'm i'm just going to say one word and, and i would like you to respond to this grievance Nick! Nick! um how do i do this without getting in trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i don't know maybe they should elaborate if it's a grievance or not i was um i'm more than happy i'm more than happy to elaborate please please elaborate and while you're at it bostock why don't you mention him getting free chinese food because i know that really pissed you off well to start with we were we were delighted um after uh, getting puppy bert uh, into the house um both years after after a few weeks his delightfully lovely beautiful girlfriend very patient girlfriend and actually very clean uh, dominique um and the, the the thing that was pr very prominent throughout the house was if we were downstairs watching the in-betweeners or something like that and you know there was a spider in the shower or you know um Bert had put the duvet in the washing machine again or anything where <laughs> Dom wasn't in the same room but she wanted Nick's attention there was it was almost like a like a school fire alarm would go off in the house and I've never honestly Everyone shit themselves. <laughs> in this like disgraceful bogan Australian sort of whale. Um, and yeah. Did you just call Dom a whale? No, the noise was a whale. <laughs> so trying to get me in trouble, Carl. But yeah, so and then obviously Bert Bert's um you know, like when a, a puppy's like tail goes in between its legs and he sort of runs off because he knows he's in trouble. That's pretty much what would happen then. He'd, he'd run off and, and save the day. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it happened over two years. Just this. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we've all got the message. Um, and very briefly, if you can, um, please, I know you're a man that likes your food. Please tell me how much it annoys you that Nick used to get uh, free Chinese food. It's an absolute joke. I've been going to see Margaret, who makes some of the best Chinese food you can get in Macclesfield, Mandarin House, Core Street, I have to say it. Um, and I, you know, I spent pretty much all my money in there. You know, sometimes I wouldn't even spend money. I'd just go in and say hello. Um, Bert <laughs> rocks in with his stupid car and his silly accent. Oh, you play... Oh, no, I won't do any accents. No, but... <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> He's like, oh, you, you play cricket for Macclesfield I was like, oh, Margaret, so do I love What's going on here And then she starts making him special soup For strength And she starts swimming, you know, going in the newspaper And seeing the picture oh, Look at you with your stupid car And yeah, he'd go in And we'd be paying full whack And little Bertie Go again. It might be going back to the little doggy sort of thing, like scraps out the back door type thing. But come home with all this free food all the time. He had more money than all of us. Charm. It was charm, mate. Right. Um, moving. Uh, moving swiftly onwards. There. There is one other grievance, Dave, that I that I alluded to earlier, and this goes back to the uh, the point about Khaled and his commitment issues. Please. Please air your most serious grievance. Oh, I, I don't know if I can. It, it, it still, it still hurts my heart. Take your time, mate. Take your time, mate. We're all here for you. We're all mates. It's well, as I spoke about on my podcast, and as Cal spoke about on his podcast. There's not many people that have had a longer friendship than me and him. 
You know, we we used to play in very short shorts together back in the day. We always had each other's backs. He'd taken more than one punch for him. Um, always looked after him. Always had his back. And I was privileged to uh, to be getting married uh, in 2018 to my glorious wife Sarah. And God, you know, are you still going on about this? I, I wanted I wanted Cal. I wanted Cal in my party. I wanted Cal to be in the suit, you know, looking dapper with the boys, you know, cocks out, come on, let's have this. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I wanted him in my groom's party. Um, I, again, I did want Frank as well, but uh, he was social science marketing um, and he had rugby the next day, so he couldn't do it properly. So, so yeah, so I had, uh, I had Cal, Cal in my groom's party. Uh, suit all measured up, everything all ready to go. And yeah, a couple of weeks before, oh, sorry, uh, I can't come. I'm, I'm going to Australia playing cricket again for the eight, for the eighth year. So yeah, he didn't come to, didn't even come to my wedding. Never mind, be a groomsman. Didn't come to my wedding. Um, and yeah, came to my stag do. Cheers, mate. Cal, the floor is yours. I have to give you the opportunity to reply to that. Hang on, yeah. I'm not, I'm not finished yet. Wait one second. He gets over there. He gets over there. Old Nobby Khalid over here. He gets over there. Plenty of time. Hi, guys. But he starts absolutely whizzing it down, raining. He didn't even bloody play cricket. He could have He could have come to my wedding, had a week's holiday, then gone to Australia. I mean, I mean, it's all true. It is all true. But it's, you know, it wasn't by choice. I, I was going over to potentially, potentially move over towards the good. Um, had a cricket deal in place which was going to set me financially very, very well. I would have struggled without it. And they said you had to be there from the start of the season. So I had to take the unfortunate uh, decision of having to miss Dave's wedding um, for a large sum of money, um, which was going to help me uh, get on my feet. And uh, unfortunately for Dave, I feel bad about it. It was, it was a decision I had to take. Um, but yeah, it, we did get rained off on that Saturday, <laughs> which, which was a bit rubbish. Uh, so that was, that was quite hard to tell him. But I mean, the show, the show went on. Now, now, you've, now you've grieved it with me several times and on air in front of everyone. Are you ready to forget about that? Uh, yes. I'm and sorry, move on. Yeah, I I, if anything, I'm the selfish one. I should have... <laughs> I should have done it. I should have organised the date when I know that you couldn't. You could have made it. Now I feel bad. I'm sorry, Cal. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Appreciate it. (laughs) Right. Moving uh, moving swiftly onwards. Um, I think it's fair to say you have all taken a few shots at each other, got some of your grievances out in the open. However, I feel it necessary to seek an alternative perspective for the listeners. As such... I would like to introduce a special guest for the next section. This person had the unenviable task of living with the four of you delinquents. Their role, or roles rather, included cook, cleaner, confident, and above all, primary carer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Genevieve Dateweiler. Jen, how are you? I'm all right. I am uh, enjoying quarantine (laughs) with... Two of the previously aforementioned cricketers. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry to have to put you in the, in the same virtual room as these four children again. Um, how much mental preparation did this take uh, to 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 come here today? Well, today, I mean, today is to, I have no choice because I am quite literally in a house with uh, Carla and Frankie as we speak. Um, so you know, I just uh, just preface that by. Uh, Preface what I'm about to say by saying that you know it's uh, it's not bad actually living with them with them again it's pretty good. Aww. So four years on and, and maybe they've they've improved. Um, I'd like to give you the opportunity to put across your side of things and and give us an insight into what it was like to live and and care for these four individuals. So the floor is yours, Jen. And care for them, I did. <laughs> no, we um, I I moved up to Macclesfield just before, uh, or actually just after Bert left for the first year. So I, I witnessed many things in that summer that he was here. It was interesting. We had some, uh, we had some interesting times. 
but uh, it was it was not until the the second year actually that Bert was here full time that I uh, that I fully experienced the excitement of of that um, and and actually you know I was quite looking forward to it and then it suddenly dawned on me that we would have um, not not the usual four people um, living in this house that it's come to sort of be um, but we would actually have seven six people seven people at at points um <laughs> that was that that was just in my room jen <laughs> one shower <laughs> um so so that was that was slightly scary and um and it it uh, i'm sure everyone else probably had a similar situation well all the boys it's fine um because they just sort of wandered in and out of the bathroom with each other willy-nilly um quite literally, literally. yeah so a boy, you know, one having a shower, one on the toilet, one brushing teeth, maybe the other one doing some laundry. The, la the laundry was not burned. We know the laundry wasn't burned. <laughs> Can you maybe just give us an insight into, into what it was like having to clean up after these uh, delinquents? Uh, I, would, I, would, uh, I would say at the time, I, um, it was, it, there was a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of cricket bags. That was the main issue, I think. So there was just a lot of a lot of very large, as I'm sure you know, cricket bags are very large, large bags in the hallway that would Ooh, naughty. very slowly make their way eventually, I assume, to the to, you know, to, to be cleaned or to someone's car or something. But for a good three or four days they just sat in the hallway. <laughs> So that, was, that was particularly interesting, but the um the the worst the worst bit, and I actually don't think I ever did this, was um was cleaning up in the kitchen after Dave, <laughs> who likes to use every <laughs> single pot and pan possible. Oh, so true. So worth the delicious meals, but as I say, I don't actually think I ever had to do that fully. I think I had help most of the time. So yeah, they're not too bad. I mean, you know. They're, uh, they've, they've all matured, I'm sure. Dave, you've, you've been rather singled out there. I, I, I think it would be only right to, to allow you to, to express to Jen your gratitude on behalf of you and your former housemates for, for everything that she did for you. Absolutely. Jen, Jen came uh, and she was an absolute superstar. A very, very brave thing to do. One, moving in with Frankie, um, <laughs> which on its own, is is quite remarkable really I, I i've often i've often wondered what jen's mental affliction is to actually want to have been with frankie for over a decade but the fact that she's not only moved into a new house into a new town but she also had to move in with 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 us uh she's she's a remarkable woman and to be fair you know we, we weren't sure how it was going to go when she moved in we're like, oh god we're so used to just being like lads knobs out Ooh. Um, and <laughs> really to be honest, that, that didn't really change. Um, Jen got used to got, got used to it, and uh, she no, she was. Uh, I'd say that she was a, an honorary lad by the end of it, um, for sure. Um, absolutely, no, I, lo I loved them. She she was she was my uh, my fellow cook, confidant. Um, you know, so no, loved it. Not a bad word to say about the girl. Frankie, on the other hand, not no. offence anyway. <laughs> well, I will just uh, take this final opportunity before I before I depart to uh, to just say that uh, actually having having the boys um, in the house, obviously, um, and living with them had really was actually one of the ways that I became friends with some of my really good friends um, in Macclesfield now. You know, with Dave and Cal and Pete and Frankie and and Bert, you're not here, but we miss you. Um, that's you know that's a way that uh, that I became friends with people. And you know, if you guys hadn't been there, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So thank you. Look at that! Not only has she come on the podcast, she's not buried you, and she's actually just said thank you to you. Yeah, let's get more special guests on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll live with two of them now. Jen, I have to say you've you've brought nothing but class and decorum to this podcast, which is something that's been severely lacking to this point. Many thanks, many many thanks for coming on. And um, thanks, Jen. We'll speak thanks, to you Jen. Thanks, Jen. That kitchen clean. Uh, it's already clean. Beach in ten minutes. I'll go and clean the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that floor ain't gonna mop itself. <laughs>
God. Ah, oh, there we go. It'd be good. It'd be good if Margaret came on now. I'd like her as a special. Actually, <laughs> just next to me. <laughs> right, lads. Moving swiftly onwards, we we are reaching the end of the podcast. Um, I do want to thank you all for coming on and and giving us an insight into arguably the most famous house in all of cricket. I'm I'm going to ask you all individually now for some some closing remarks uh, and and final thoughts. So uh, starting with Mr. Frankie Barker. Uh, well, I suppose this is the bit where we, we do my stats. So, yeah, like I was saying before, <laughs> um, <laughs> played 27 games, uh, 220 runs with a high score of 40. I thought it was 45, actually, but check that. you got to mention um, that cut shot, Frank. Oh, I knew you'd bring it up. You're <sighs> always going on about that cut shot against Pointon in threes in the T20. I know it. Either that or um, Cal was regaling me before with uh, that, that. In fact, it was the 40 I put on against Bramall um, in the T, T20 Cup. Uh, T20, uh, cup <laughs> Cal, do you want to... You're actually... You, you're filling it in more than I was. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you score 40 once? He did. Uh, I'm afraid to say he did. First game. first game. Haven't scored anywhere near that since. Uh, apart, even yeah, accounting for Boz's very charitable... Pie chucking in the rugby v cricket game. Of a couple of years so, do you, do you want to finish us off with your uh, your bowling stats as well, Frank? I know you're desperate to. Um, oh right. Well, I, you you only bowled me once in 2018. That sounds about right. 32. <laughs> for 32 in one in one go, basically one sitting. Um, but then in the previous years, I got like three for 12. I got a filthy five for in 2018. No, you, you wait. No, you wait for what Frankie calls his filthy fifer. Well, what was it? It was like a an LBW, a bold. I think I, I threw a court in there, ran someone out, and caught. <laughs> he got three wickets. He caught someone and he ran someone out. So he's claiming that's a fifer. Yeah. Oh, he caught you better than that, Frank. Well, absolutely, Frank. Any, any anything else? Closing remarks with regards to your. Your... We've got to bring a bit of cricket. Just um, thanks for putting a podcast on, Miles. I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Um, brilliant. And oh, thanks for you're very me. welcome, Frank. I'm, I've no doubt we will have you on again um, at some point. Um, Bert, moving over to your good self. Any any final closing remarks? Anything you want to regale us with? Um, well, no, I've caught quite a bit, to be fair. And I, I, I'll probably take 50% on board as truth. Um, and the other 50% was just you know, <clears throat> trying to fill some airtime up, but um, <laughs> I uh, I definitely did learn learn a little bit from the three of the guys I live with um, and Jen. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was it was good fun. Um, it was a good setup for an overseas player to live in. Um, there were probably lots of funny moments that I can't even remember, but. Um, yeah, no, thanks for having me in the house and thanks for having me on the podcast. You are very welcome. Cal, any uh, final remarks? Anything you want to say? Uh, no, it was a good couple of summers. It was a good couple of summers. Um, two of my best mates and and, uh, and and Bert, who obviously came over and joined us, who's now now a very, very good mate. It's prepared me for one day uh, life as a father, fingers crossed, um, having to look after Bert. Uh, but no, it was good. It was good. Um, I think really more to report than that. Um, loads and loads and loads of stories which um, aren't front of mind right now. And I know as soon as they get off the podcast, they will suddenly pop back in. But no, it's a cracking couple of summers. Very good. And uh, finally, Dave Bostock, anything to say? Yeah, I mean, after I go watch uh, what it was, uh, um, Miles, these podcasts are absolutely brilliant and certainly a lot of. Uh, a lot of respite whilst uh, whilst people are in isolation. So keep up the good work on that front. Um, and obviously, in regards uh, the Beach Boys, I mean, it, I think the things that I've been thinking about knowing this podcast has been come up. There's, there's little stories that just aren't wouldn't necessarily be funny to anyone else, but because we've got that sort of sense of humour, every we get what we get, what we got one another so well, you know watching in between us all day and just literally shouting out in between us quotes for no apparent reason and driving Dom and Jan absolutely nuts with them and we thought it was absolutely please, hilarious. Please. <laughs> you please, know, please, please. Back on the tip. Um, <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I think, and I think that's the that, that's the key to to you know the because we we did actually have I can't think of any actual real uh, arguments or fallouts or anything like that. Um, I could be wrong there. I could have filtered them out of my psyche completely, but no, it was it was a it was a laugh a minute, um, and you know it, it's a time of life I certainly won't forget. Um, so yeah, cheers, boys, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Say goodbye. One cause. See ya. Goodbye, mate. Yeah.